You're listening to the Grind Hours Podcast. At the wall! See ya! See ya! Hello and welcome to the Grind Hours Podcast. Recording this on September 8th. Thursday, September 8th, the first day of the football season for 2022. And it wouldn't be right if A, I wasn't doing picks and B, I didn't have my man Jack Hopkins on the line staying up late. He is in, are you home? You're across yeah. the pond, correct? Yeah. You, again, you're, we were talking a little bit before we, we hopped on air about, uh, you traveling the world so i don't i don't know where in the world you are but uh i know you, you you're somewhere and it's late it, it is late so i don't want to take up too much of your time because i'm sure you have to go to bed and you know you're a working man and all that but it's picks again it's that time of year and jack when i brought you on last year you were a flaming inferno you were just knocking off win after win after win you cooled down toward the end of the season but we all do you know if you go on a if you go on a heater you're gonna you're gonna cool off at some point right. Let, let's hope we could start this year off on a heater we already disagreed on twitter about the the game that's going on tonight both of us don't have it in our locks for week one but i i think you know based off of the numbers the, the the Rams are the easy pick. I think it's a coin flip game anyway, and you're getting two and a half free points. That's just me. I, I understand why you and everybody else love the Bills. It's the Bills, and uh, uh, they've been slamming that down our throats for, for months now. But for the sake of this podcast, why don't you go first because you're the guest. Give me your first lock of the year. All right. So first of all, let me just say thank you, Joe, um, for having me back on again. Um had a lot of fun with it last year. I'm in Wales now. So, yeah, it's only 11 o'clock here, which isn't too bad. And football's back. Like, yeah. Joe, football is finally back. Like, yeah. and you, you know, it, it makes me laugh because you're saying, oh, I don't want to waste too much of your time. Joe, I'm staying up and I'm watching this entire game. Like, I'm up until 4 a.m. Like, this game is going to finish at 11 p.m. And I'm going to go to bed in the U.S. And I'm going to go to bed at 4 a.m. I'm fully prepared for that. I don't have work tomorrow. I'm having a lay-in. I'm not running. Me and Joe are both runners. I'm not running tomorrow. So I am. Um, I'm in it the whole the whole night. So yeah, as you said, uh, I guess I guess the one thing with tonight's game is that you know it is in, um, it is obviously at home for the Rams, which I think is a massive uh, massive deal and stuff. But um, it's it's one of those games where it's not a lock for either of us because it's such a close like. And at the start of the season, it's difficult to pick. You know, it's, yes, it's, it's a, the worst week to pick games is this week. Yeah, right. like this could literally, if this was the Super Bowl this year, which it, it could be, I wouldn't be surprised. You know what I mean? It's one of those things, right? It's, it, this could really be the Super Bowl this year. And we're having it in week one. Um, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Everyone's yeah. on the bills. I was talking with, with my dad today about this. Everyone and their brother is on the bills. All the talking heads, every single expert, every single analytical expert, they're yeah. all picking the bills. So I just want to see how the season plays out. I like a lot of other teams other than the Bills. But um, so, yeah, yeah, let's get it. What's your yeah, first lock of the year? So for me, it would be a crime for me not to start off with your Jets, uh, Joe. But I am going the other way. I really don't fancy the Jets covering the minus uh, – or sorry – 
I fancy the Ravens at yeah. the Jets minus seven. I feel like this is this is a line that I could foresee with Zach Wilson playing. The fact that Joe Flacco is suiting up at the QB <laughs> spot is terrifying. How are you still playing football is terrifying. How the Jets have managed to get a better backup is terrifying. So um, I think what a lot of people forget is that last season, the Ravens got decimated at the start of the season with injuries, not just on the offensive front, but on the defensive front as well. I think the Ravens are going to go back to that stout defense that they've had over the years. And I think that they're going to really need to go out and just show it straight away. Lamar Jackson, there's been talk about like contract stuff and he's not happy, et cetera, et cetera. He's going out with a point to prove. And I think the poor Jets, it's just going to fall right upon them. Have they improved? Yes, I do think they have. And I think offensively, they've definitely improved. It's just a question of whether Robert Sala has finally got his ducks in a row on the defense. And I'm just going to be, I just really think the Ravens are a lock at, at minus seven for me, I'm afraid, Joe. I, I know that there's a steamroller ahead on Sunday and we're just going to get rolled over and there's nothing we can do about it. I'm prepared for that. But I don't think that it's necessarily necessarily a lock. I know we're going to lose the game. That that is a foregone. If the Jets win this game, I don't know what I would do. But I'm going to be one of the happiest men on the earth if they somehow figure out this game. My first lock is in similar vein to your Ravens pick. Mine is the Niners covering the seven against the Bears because. I mean, let's be honest. How many points conceivably can the Bears score against that Niners defense? 10 at the most? That's a lot. Yeah, right. 10's a lot. And yeah. so I, I just think this Niners defense can pitch a shutout. And if they pitch a shutout, all they need to do is score a touchdown. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Trey Lance is good for at least one touchdown in his NFL regular season debut as a full-time starter. Um, leads me perfectly into my lock for my second lock, Joe, and that's the exact same the exact same game, okay. the exact same spread. So that's that's always a positive sign when two people are going for the same thing here. I'll just reiterate it a little bit. I mean, these are two guys who were drafted in the same class. I'm I'm pretty sure that's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah of course. Yes, they were. Um, and obviously. Everything that happened with Trey Lance and Jimmy G last year, it's been no secret. But I think I I and a lot of people thought that Trey Lance was going to get his moment maybe after the bye. I think they had a week five bye last year. They had an early one. I think a lot of people, he didn't get that. He's got it now. The, the, the vast contrast between what one rookie or now second year QB has versus the other is just, it's night and day, isn't it? I mean, obviously... Um, you have Darnell Mooney on the Chicago side for, for Justin Fields' core, wide receiver core. That's it. There really isn't anything else. I mean, well, it's him and Clement, and if you can get anything of that running back room, sure. But yeah, double Obviously. team yeah. double team Mooney on the outside, double team Clement when he comes across the middle, yeah. and anything in the flat, you have eight bodies just running towards it. So I yeah. just – Plus, that offensive line is probably the worst in football. I just – I don't see a world where, you know, it's 3.15 Eastern time and we're cutting to the, the San Francisco-Chicago game 
and it's like, oh, we got a nail biter in Chicago. The Bears Can I just are driving. Say, do you know what? Do you remember what happened last season? Yeah. Going into the fourth, the Bears yeah. were leading this exact fixture. Now, obviously, I don't think that's going to be the case this year. Obviously, and and San Francisco ended up winning that game, but. I, that, that's kind of contrary to the point because There's, I really just think it, th- this is different at the moment. And Debo was re-signed with yes. San Francisco. Like he was such an integral part. And if he can stay healthy again this year, like they could really have another good playoff run and the Bears are in rebuild. So no, no brainer. Last point. I, I just, I don't see how it's 17-13. Bears are driving down to win the game. There's no way no. that that's happening. Zero. No. So... That's my first lock. My second is actually your favorite team, the Atlanta Falcons, covering the five and a half against the Saints. I said this last year. I will say it again. Every single time the Saints and the Falcons match up, throw the records out the window, throw the points out the window. It's just lunacy. It doesn't make any sense. It's going to be a wild game. I don't care who the two quarterbacks are. I don't care who the two coaches are. I don't care that Michael Thomas is back. I don't care about any of that. This game is going to come down to a field goal for the win on either side. I don't know who's going to win the game, but I know that it's going to be within this five and a half. And it should, in my opinion, be a two and a half point game, not a five and a half point game. Yeah, I I mean, just to comment on it quickly, obviously, as a Falcons fan, I don't hold a lot of hope for the season, but you're (laughs) right in saying that these games are always, it doesn't matter if one team is, you know, winless and one team is unbeaten. This right. game will be every single year, whether it's 41 to 40 or whether it's 10 to 9. You know what I and mean? And it Mate, doesn't so matter the venue. It doesn't, it like, doesn't it matter. doesn't change They're both New called Orleans Mercedes something. What's it? Mercedes-Benz? Mm-hmm. Like, and what's the Mercedes Stadium? Um, I think it's Caesars Palace now that they have. Yeah, like, but so it was the Mercedes something, uh, I think, as well. So it's just... I think it's just is one of those going to be one of those games. And to be honest with you, I'm looking forward to this. I just have a quick question: Who do you think AJ Terrell on the Falcons side is going to be covering? Michael Thomas or Chris Olave? I think it's going to be Thomas. I think Olave is going to be at least in the first week, sort of that underneath middle ground. Like I, I yeah. would, I'd be shocked if he gets more than four targets, ten plus yards down the field for the for the yeah. first game the first game i think he's going to be the, the short to the intermediate route and just use his speed to sort of open up the field and get a lot of a lot of yak yeah i can see that like a kind of like a jail waddle kind of uh, kind of yeah build. yeah and, and okay as um, it, yeah as the season progresses he'll transition to a deep threat but early on i think it's just gonna be use your athleticism be faster than everybody and just go try to score a touchdown Debo samuel king is the, he's the king of yakking yes um right let me get into my third one here joe um so for me um this one was one of it's one of those ones where i feel like it appears scary but when you actually look at it on paper you realize that it's actually not i am locked and loaded with miami covering the 3.5 against new england at home okay um i i don't know if i'm scared i i'm concerned i know excuse me i know that New England and Miami always play each other tough. Not, not, it's not like the just craziness that happens between the Falcons and Saints, but they do play just mind-boggling games, especially early on in the year. 
I just don't have any faith putting my money with Tua Tonga Vailoa. Zero, just zero faith. Yeah, give me out a little bit here. So I think the, the main reason for this for me is that we haven't seen Tua Tonga with Tyreek Hill now. And yeah, okay, Tua is has been very inaccurate. In his and the NFL check career. down he, king. He is the he king is of check, just five yards, five yards, five but yards. But he hasn't had that option, that outlet. He, you know, Jalen Waddle is not a deep set, as I just mentioned earlier. He is someone who thrives on those short targets. Now, New England have lost JC Jackson. For some reason, they let him go to free agency. They've also lost Malcolm Butler. So... I don't know like whether there was that formidable secondary that, that New England had for years. That's not there anymore. And I really feel like that is just going to be completely overpowering for this New England defense. The last two games that New England have played against Miami without Tom Brady, they have lost um, by over nine points in both games in Miami. Now, obviously, stats like that, um, they, they don't always correlate. I just feel like this is going to be one of those things where New England, they start, they've started off slowly the last few seasons. They really have. It's taken, taken them a while to get into their groove. I just feel like if you, if you put every single statistic of, of this fixture and you, and you put every single New England statistic and then you change the, got rid of the team name, people would be like, oh, yeah, Miami would cover this based on what they see. But it's just for the fact that it's New England and everyone has this 20-year history of how good they've been and now it's kind of like you know what I, I mean? think it's Belichick yes but it's also we haven't you said we haven't seen Tua with Tyreek Hill yet you're right yeah. can you reach him that's the, the that, that's the, been the joke the entire preseason can yeah. Tua actually reach Tyreek Hill with the ball that's not a slant route can he actually hit him 40 yards down the field in stride I don't know so yeah. I'm just Again, I'm weary of putting money in the hands of Tua. And I'd, I don't want to put them in the hands of Mac Jones. I'd be more comfortable. I would be, honestly. I'm going to have to agree to disagree. That's what's great about this. We'll see. One of us is going to be right. One of us is going to be wrong. SeaGeek yeah. is the number one ticket app for buying and selling tickets. Sports fans, music fans, comedy fans, theater fans, fans of tickets. Use my code GRINDHOUR to get into the building to get yourself a seat. Again, that's code GRINDHOUR at checkout for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. One more time, code GRINDHOUR. That's G-R-I-N-D-H-O-U-R at checkout. Feed Hudson Valley is a regional food rescue and harvesting network in the Hudson Valley operating through Dutchess, Orange, Ulster, Columbia, Green, Putnam, and Sullivan counties. It links donors of prepared but unserved food and fresh produce with nonprofits and food assistant programs through an app-assisted network of food donors, volunteers, and feeding agencies. Feed Hudson Valley facilitates the harvesting, processing, and distribution of locally grown or produced agricultural products, self-stable food donations, and prepared nutritious foods. The app used is called Chowmatch, and it is easy for volunteers to download and use. Among the donors are restaurants, farms, food makers, stores, hospitals, and universities. The food assistant programs include 
food pantries, soup kitchens, and shelters. Volunteers are matched through the Chow Match app when a donation is available. They can indicate that they are available to make a run and then pick it up for a donor and deliver it to the agency. The Feed Hudson Valley Network currently includes over 300 volunteers, 130 donors, and 95 receiving agencies. Last year, on average, Feed Hudson Valley re rescued and redirected over 12,000 pounds of food each month. Feed Hudson Valley could use more donors and volunteers. To learn more and sign up, visit feedhv.org. Again, that's feedhv.org. One more time, spelled out, F-E-E-D-H-V.org. Now back to the podcast. of scary bets um this probably 10 percent is 20 plus years of pent-up aggression and 40 percent recency bias and uh 60 percent home dog i'm taking dallas to cover the two and a half on sunday night football against tampa bay I just, for whatever reason, I, I, I see Zeke just running with two guys behind him to the end zone two or three times. I see Dak taking the top off the defense to CD Lamb or to Gallup. I, I see Brady being flustered a little bit, kind of like what we saw when he played the Saints in his first game with the Buccaneers a couple of years ago in New Orleans where we're just like, oh, whoa, whoa, what, what is this Brady? Is time finally catching up with him? Listen, if he's actually going through a divorce or a split up or whatever with, his, with, with Giselle, that is the first time really that he has had something like this during his playoff career. I know, you know, his, his other ex-wife and that whole situation. But I don't believe that was during the football season or close to the football season. I think that was in the offseason. I could be mistaken on that, but I believe it was in the offseason. This is actually affecting football. He missed 10 days. No, I mean, it came out after why he was missing, but we just, 10 days, he's gone. And we're supposed to be okay with that? A guy who's been all about the team, taking pay cuts, staying after, team dinners, allowing people to stay at his house when it went, when they first signed with the team. And now he's just gone and we're supposed to be okay with that because he's Tom Brady. I, I don't know. I don't know. And I love Todd Bowles as a coordinator. I, I loved him as, as the jet head coach, but his record as a head coach has not been great. And it's his first year with this team as the the main guy his defense has taken some hits in free agency and people retiring and injuries his offensive line is shot brady has to get the ball out within two and a half seconds or he's going to be on his back i again i just think all of this just brings up to a dallas win that's something like 31 to 24 Thirty-one, twenty-one, something like that. It's funny. I, I think 
in fairness, you, you made a great argument there. I think I just like, I'm, this is what I run away from, I think, because I, I think it's one of those things where whenever you feel like you should doubt Brady, it backfires. And, and I yeah, know. Oh, that's why I said it was like 20% pent up, 20 years yeah. pent up aggression. Because I, I want Brady to just fall off a cliff. I do. But so yeah. it's kind of a hate pick. But when you look at it from a football standpoint, there are signs to taking the points with um right with Dallas. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. Tampa last season were the hardest team to run on in the entire league. Yeah, I know you, you have said that that defense the defensive line has taken a bit of a hit. I think they they I don't I cannot I I think Zeke is is not quite the man that he used to be. Maybe we'll see this season. Last season he was meant to come in in the best shape of his life and everyone was you know going nuts about him and he he didn't really do much. The other thing is. I don't know if you saw the report today, Dak Prescott has hurt his ankle in training because he wore some different cleats and oh, now boy. is, yeah, he's, it's, 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 it doesn't sound like he's going to be, he's going to miss the game at all, but he's injured. Michael Gallup is actually out for this game. They didn't end up putting him on the IR either. So they're going to be putting their main guy on obviously CD Lamb and stuff. And Dalton Schultz is still a, a great threat for, for Dak as well. At his disposal. I like Cedric Wilson too. I like Cedric Wilson as well. Yeah, he's like a fly. He's he's like he's one of those guys that Dak can just let let it fly down the field, and and he can get on the end of it. So that's why I think all those things. You know, I mean, Chris Godwin's obviously going to be out. I'm going to be curious to see how Julio does because I've always been the biggest Julio truther. <laughs> Unfortunately, obviously, I'm. You know, he left the Falcons, and he left the Falcons at a good time, I think, because he was not good last season. But apart, all reports say that he's looking great this season. Um, you know, so. This is one again, another one I just run away from because I just think there's too much, there's too much happening. There's too many things moving. Whereas the other locks I like to like lock in is when I know most of the things. There's no unknowns, you know. Um, and I guess if you want, if you were done with this part, I can lead on to my last one. Yeah, give me your last one. This one isn't necessarily a lock, I will say, Joe. This is one of the ones where I was looking at it and I was like, I've been kind of to the mean here, like close to the mean. I'm going to go a little contrary, and I don't think many people are looking at this. And I'll be curious what you think about this. I have Arizona covering plus six against Kansas City. Now, I like I it. This is, this is one of those ones where, again, everyone looks at Kansas City as, right, okay, they've lost Tyreek, but they have Juju and MVS, and they've drafted Sky Moore. And I'm like, right, okay, great, but none of them are Tyreek Hill. Sky Moore looks like he might be able to have the potential to be. But, you know, Travis Kelsey is obviously going to get his, and Arizona have traditionally been very bad against the tight end. But Kyle Murray is is going into the season, obviously, without D-Hop. Everyone knows he's out for those six games because of the drug suspension. Um, but I really, I really like this narrative of him and Hollywood. I don't know why. It's one of those things where I just, I feel like it could really work. And I do think that this is going to be a high-scoring game where, remember how hot Arizona started last season? Yes. Like they, they, their offense is, is great. Cliff Kingsbury knows how to, how to coordinate an offense because obviously he was an offensive coordinator. But I just think it's one of those things where it's not going to be as, open and shut as, right, Kansas City, yeah, they're going to walk all over Arizona. Arizona, really good team. They were unbeaten for, was it nine games last year or ten? I can't remember. It was, or eight. Maybe it was eight. Let I can't me, remember. Let me say this. In sort of, uh, I'm padding your argument a little bit. If you're going to bet Arizona, now is the time to do it because the wheels fall off. 
by week eight, the wheels just fall off this team because I, I don't know what it is. They always get out to tremendous starts and then just limp to the finish line. Yeah. I'm a little lukewarm on your your Hollywood Brown and uh, Kyler Murray take, even though I have uh, Hollywood Brown on one fantasy team and Kyler Murray on my other fantasy <laughs> team. It's just for a full season, I don't know if I can buy it because of I think we've already seen this once before. And I think we saw it with Lamar in Hollywood. I, I think it's the, yeah. sa- it's the same sort of quarterback. And Hollywood Brown hasn't went through a transformation as a receiver. So I think you're kind of, you can kind of game plan towards that. Where I would kind of like your argument is James Conner, another year. Uh, yeah. Rondell Moore, another year. Uh, Zach Ertz is still there. The yeah. only thing is, if you're going to get into a barn burner with Kansas City, you got to make sure that you can score with them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Arizona's defense can make as many stops as Kansas City's defense could. That's the only yeah. thing that that's the only thing that for me, I like this bet, but I don't know if I could put it in as a lock. That's why I did phrase it to start with. This isn't quite a lot, but this is one of those like country ones where like, you know, for if anyone does listen to this or whatever and they, they look at it and they say, oh, God, I don't know what to do with that one. That's just where I'm going because I feel like it's just one of those ones where it's like, this looks terrifying. Just, I think it'd just be, it'd just be, it's going to be a close game. I can see Kansas City winning it, but I think it could be a field goal kind of game, you know? So we'll see. My last lock is going to make a lot of people in Pittsburgh happy, including my family. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers covering the six and a half against the AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. To me, this is pedigree. This is kind of like if you're going to bet New England getting the points. It is Mike Tomlin. They play Cincinnati well. I know Cincinnati's scary and it's Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and, you know, Evan McPherson can kick it from 70 and this defense is pretty good and you're betting, you're going to be putting money on Mitchell Trubisky, but that defense for Pittsburgh is really good. Their skill players are pretty damn good. It's another, how are the, the Bengals going to stop Najee Harris? I just, if they put Tomlin can put, Trubisky in situations to win and I think this game doesn't necessarily come down to the last possession but it could be a one score game at the end of it where um, you know Cincinnati just runs the clock out in that sort of sense where they get the ball with like three minutes left and they just never let Pittsburgh touch the ball again I I like the I like Pittsburgh to keep it within the number I could definitely see Cincinnati starting the year one and zero, but not with uh, a win of more than a touchdown. I I like this pick. I I think that it's another. It's a similar to the Saints and the Falcons. I feel like you know it's a similar spread and it's a similar situation. I think it's one of those things where these games are always close. Pittsburgh are always up for this game. You know, everyone knows what Miles Garrett did. Um, oh no, wait, that, that, wait, that was with Cleveland. No, am I wrong with that? Um, 
<laughs> yeah, that was with Cleveland. That, that was, was with Cleveland. Cleveland. Never mind. But, but even still, but even still, that division in general yeah. is just it, they they are all up for it all the time. Those 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 like the Steelers, the Bengals, the Browns, uh, the Ravens, right as well. Mm-hmm. Like they have always been in such good games since I've started watching football. And when you look back at clips from years ago as well, it's gonna be it's gonna be another close one. Um, and I also just don't know whether the Bengals like can repeat the fairy tale from last year. I, I I think they're going to be another really good team. They're going to make the playoffs, but I just don't know whether they. I can't see them making the Super Bowl. I really can't. I mean, I know I haven't said that last right, but, morning, but you know let, what I mean. Let's and let's break that down for a minute. This is I want to end on this because I think and I'm writing a piece right now. It should uh, be out by the time this podcast comes out about over-unders and my first over-under uh is kansas city and i will let the article speak for 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 itself with that and why i like kansas city so much um but kansas city had unrealistic expectations after they won that super bowl against the 49ers and you know everyone don mahomes the best quarterback to ever touch a football and this is going to be a dynasty well nobody can live up to those unreal expectations I don't think it would necessarily be a step back if the Bengals go 11 and five or whatever it is now with the, with the extra game and make the playoffs and lose in a close game to like, I don't know, Buffalo or Kansas city. Like, is that necessarily a step back if they met, I would think it would be a step back if they missed the playoffs and it's a true Super Bowl hangover and everybody regresses. But if they win that division make the playoffs, either win a playoff game or play a, a tough opponent and play them down to the wire, I, I don't necessarily think that's a step back and a bad thing. It's really, really hard to make the Super Bowl two times in a year or two times in two years. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for the scenario that you just painted where Cincinnati has a really good year, they make the playoffs and they lose in the playoffs. That's just my opinion. I, I actually I hadn't really thought about it that way, but I definitely do see what you're coming from there because I think that the, the Bengals overachieved last year. That's no right. secret at all. So what you're saying is they overachieved. So if they come back to close to where they maybe could have, like people may have expected them to get to, then that's fine because they're building, right? Like Joe Burrow is so young. T. Right, it's his third so year. Jamal Chase is so young. You know, like they have a really young core. Joe Mixon's still not that old. He's 25, 26, you know. They have a really good offense there. And and they've really improved on the defensive front as well. So, no, I agree. I, I, to- I totally agree with that. If they can make a title game and they lose in a close one, they've done themselves proud. But as a Bengals fan, you're definitely not saying, I'd be happy if we made it. Oh, you know no, what no, I mean? No, no, like, no. you know, Hell, as a Bengals fan, I, under- I understand we're that. winning it this year. I understand that. I understand that. Jack, thank you so much for coming on. You're going to be coming on every... We're going to try for every Thursday, but we'll see with, you know, schedules and all that. But we're definitely yeah. going to do picks every single week this year. We're going to start. I'm going to go with, look back at last year's tweets and last year's episodes to see what the what the records were. Because we started about halfway through the year. So I want to see what last year's records were for the both of us. And then we will definitely keep track of uh, of who's got the better record throughout the year. Tell the people what you got going on, where they can find you, all that sort of stuff, Jack. Yeah, so obviously football season's just restarted. Um, I'm obviously with the, the Four Horsemen of Fantasy. Um, we, you can find us on YouTube at the number Four Horsemen of Fantasy, and same on Instagram. Um, we haven't actually recorded or 
or done a podcast this year yet. We've been fairly slack. We've all we've all been busy with stuff, but we're going to try for one tomorrow as the season gets started because it would be a crime not to <laughs> not to not to get going. Um, so that's that. And then on Twitter, I'm at Jack Hopkins One. I tend to be tweeting about soccer a lot as well um, because now I'm back home. I'm right back into that again. But I'm like I'm so excited for the football season now um, and getting back into this. And even just talking to you, Joe, makes me so excited again. Like it just it's going to be such a good year. I think so. It's Thank been a while since we've me. done this. Hold on. Right before before we end, let's go over the picks one more time. It's been a, so long. I almost I almost dropped the ball there. So um, I have San Francisco minus the seven. You have Baltimore minus the seven. Also San Francisco minus the seven. I have Atlanta plus the five and a half. You have Miami minus the three and a half. I have Pittsburgh plus the six and a half. And you have Arizona plus the six are the picks for week one again jack thank you so much for coming on it's a pleasure have a great week best of luck with your picks and i will talk to you soon all right thanks joe appreciate it on this side of the coin on the fake jay leo on twitter jdatasports.blogspot.com and of course this podcast if you've reached this point please like subscribe share this podcast with anybody who you seem fit if you're new to the show, please download the show. It means more to the show than you know. One correction about Tuesday's podcast. Season 3 of 7-Minute Stories is live right now. So go over there and check out the first episode of Season 3 and any episodes you might have missed. It's a great podcast. Aaron's a great dude. So go, please support him. Give him a rating on iTunes and tell him that Joe sent you. In terms of blog stuff... The over-under for win total article column is out. There is a Yankee podcast, or a Yankee article, excuse me, uh, in the works that should drop at some point over the weekend. There is a U.S. Open piece, which I should put out probably Sunday around the time that the... U.S. Open men's final is going on. Maybe Monday. I might hold off to Monday to watch the men's final and completely get all of my thoughts. So there's that. And uh, yeah, of course, this podcast. Again, please like, subscribe, share this podcast with anybody who you seem fit. And uh, until next week, at some point, still don't know when I'm going to record next week. But until then, it's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Peace.